Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Port Podcast. This is a multi-tap episode where we bring somebody on the show to talk about a topic or game. Um, just as a heads up real quick this week, I will be uh, changing the format of this show a little bit. It's going to be a lot more loose and a lot more uh, flexible, mainly because the other shows uh, got a little dent in editing. So it's going to be a, a more conversational show going forward, hopefully, and uh, and that hopefully means it will, will be easier to do these uh, going into the future. Um, so today I have brought on uh, Rem, who works on the game Kowloon's Curse. How are you doing today, Rem? Hi, I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on here. Cool. And remind me if I'm wrong, I believe this is a, a title that you went ahead and, and funded on Kickstarter, correct? Yes. I uh, had a Kickstarter for a game earlier this year. And and I believe that Kickstarter, you, you were able to successfully get your, your initial goal for that. Um, and I was kind of curious a little bit, like, how, how did... How was that experience? Was it like a generally good experience for you? Did it have you made any other games in the yeah. past that that you've funded differently or? Uh, well, this is uh the first game that I've I've done through Kickstarter. I haven't released any games in the past, mm-hmm. um, except for some small free things. So it was really all new to me, and I also I didn't I didn't have any experience with you know doing Kickstarter campaign doing all that marketing but well it went well um i was lucky to know people who were able to give me good advice and to have lots of friends also who supported me with this and spread it around and i yeah, i think all that really helped a lot and in the end it was successful well, cool. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe you still do accept donations, though, if, if, if somebody yes. wants to contribute um, in, in the future. So if you do find the game we talk about today interesting, um, I'm sure at the end of the show we'll definitely uh, help you find where you can you can donate for that. Um, usually I'm a little hesitant to, to talk too much about Kickstarter games just because, you know, whether or not they actually turn into something is, is something a bit, you know, a bit down the line. But um, there's a couple of reasons why I, I kind of wanted to talk to you after you reached out to me uh, about your game is one, you, you're already funded. So I feel a bit more comfortable with that. Um, and the other part is, is that this is a game, um, I believe I mentioned the name earlier, it's called Kowloon's Curse. Um, and I personally um, find kind of the, the situation around um, the setting of this game um, interesting. Um, it's and If you wanted to, how about you just go ahead and give a brief overview of like where the setting is and what, what kind of you know, um, story this is. Yes. So Kellen's Curse, it's kind of a horror-ish RPG that's set in a virtual world that's based on Kowloon Walt City. It's not exactly like the the real Kowloon. Mm-hmm. And the, the Kowloon Walt City is, is kind of was like this lawless kind of unregulated city yeah. in Hong Kong, right? Um, it was around for a really long time, I believe. Right? It was like a, mm-hmm. uh, at least like the more modern aspect of, of what it's what it is. I think was like a hundredish years, right? And then it's had history going back way, way further back than that, I believe, right? Yeah, I I believe it started as um, some sort of fortress, but I might I might be wrong about that. Yeah, I think it was like a fortress, and then over time, people just kind of ended up living there. Um, the the implementation, or the rather the 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 kind of 
reference you have for that city though is very much in line with like kind of the later i think part of that that city's life yeah kind of to yeah towards the end of its existence really and could you kind of like paint an image of of what Calhoun walled city looks like and and what you kind of interpret like what what kind of drew you to that setting as well well um it's the there's many narrow dark alleys and just everything was just they just kept building things you know make making it bigger and taller until the hong kong government said that they couldn't build it any higher because it otherwise it would be uh dangerous for the planes Mm -hmm. flying above there but um there was really with how it was built there was no planning really so there's lots of kind of odd looking places and it really has a very how you say it well cyberpunk kind of vibe Mm. and the the image of kowloon walt city also has influenced uh, cyberpunk media i think so yeah, it's. I've, I think maybe the the most distinct imagery in my mind for Colin Wall City is just like it feels like everywhere is an alleyway, like a narrow alleyway, yeah. and everything seems to be wet all the time. Like it feels like yes. water's dripping everywhere. Um, it, it's kind of interesting. We'll probably talk a little bit about you know what kind of media is out there in terms of what you can look at because the, the city's actually been demolished. I believe it was in was it in the nineties that it was demolished? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and there's actually some really interesting videos out there and, and other resources that show you like people's lives there and things like that. And, and sometimes people have their, they have kind of like their little apartment complexes in there too. And those look a lot more just like your standard apartment complex. So it is kind of this interesting, um, contrast between like the, the, the outside of the buildings and then, and then what was actually inside some of the, the, the rooms there being, feeling a lot more, uh, like a, a normal place to live with some schools in there and things like that as well so um so your game specifically uh is kind of a on rails rpg is that the best way to define that do you think or or at least this is the demo that 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 you you had put out yeah I i suppose that would be a would be a good way to describe the game it's it's quite linear the actual gameplay i i kind of think it's more like uh it's like a visual novel with mm. RPG elements. Mm. And in terms of the story, um, I do give the player like choices that influence the path the story will go on. And there's alternate alternate um, endings, things like that. But um, yeah, it's not, not, for example, the kind of RPG where you can freely walk around mm-hmm. yeah you basically like have this uh this tunnel that like the game kind of funnels you down automatically at least for the gameplay yeah. segments and then as you're going down that tunnel you kind of encounter various um would spirits be the right word spirits monsters i'm not 100 sure if they're they're mm-hmm. necessarily real things you're fighting in that game or if they're just kind of well they they are they are certainly real in the in all the the documents that we have about the game for the developers. We just call them characters or NPCs. Um, we don't really have uh, a term for them. Mm-hmm. 
but when um, when making the game, when writing these characters, we generally just write them as if they were normal people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of one of the the most interesting parts of this game is that like basically every enemy kind of feels like it has a personality to it. Um, I think maybe the best comparison you could make to, to like a more popular game is like you could probably look a little bit at how Shin Megami Tensei handles like negotiating with monsters yeah. and um, something more more mainstream, I guess at this point would be like Undertale. Maybe there's there's like a personality to how you approach those characters and how you you um, I guess in some ways fight them. Like if, if you ever played like the pacifist mode in like Undertale that game has a very like puzzle nature to how you actually approach mm-hmm. enemies. And this game has a very fe- similar feel to that. Um, I was kind of curious, like where did you was where what, do you, do you have an idea of what direction you came from on that? Like, was it a particular game that inspired you to take that approach or was it more of just a desire to get more mm. out of the enemies that you're, you're making the player face? Well, uh, the the biggest influences on that part of the game were probably the two games you just mentioned, uh, Shin Megami Tensei and Undertale. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like both of those games a lot. So they those those have definitely influenced uh, this game a lot. Mm-hmm. For one thing I have not played much of is like Shin Megami Tensei in that regard. Um, is is there something that you think is particularly different between how Shin Megami Tensei handles that kind of element versus Undertale? Um, I think it's definitely, at least theme-wise, probably closer to what your game's doing in terms of being kind of like a yeah. gritty, darker game with, you know... Um, I don't want to say... In some ways, some of the enemies are kind of grotesque, right? In in some ways, so yeah. it's a little it's a little different than I think a lot of the the cute characters in Undertale and how they're presented mm-hmm. on screen. Well, yeah, style wise, the game is definitely leaning towards how Shin Megami Tensei is, mm-hmm. but I also I don't want to um, you know have it look too much like like Shin Megami Tensei. Mm-hmm. I try to also differentiate the game and have it be its own thing Mm -hmm. and as for the the gameplay part of the talking with the enemies i i would also say that um like in undertale you can talk to them to you know end the battles peacefully whereas in shin megami tensei um you can have them join you Mm -hmm. and become part of your party which is also uh, I have a similar mechanic to that in Kowloon's Curse, mm. where you can befriend enemies, and then during a battle, you can call the them on their phone, and they'll come and help you. Oh, cool! That wasn't in the demo, right? Or did I did I not befriend anybody? <laughs> uh, no, that wasn't that wasn't in the demo yet. We're still working on that system. Okay, I was like, I'm pretty sure I just murdered or told them to run away. One or the other. <laughs> yeah. Can you kind of curious? So, so with these encounters, you, you kind of have a, a set of different skills that kind of line up with Undertale and things like that, where you have, you know, attack, uh, or at least a an attack. I don't think there's anything outside of like a normal melee attack. But there's also yeah. like three different chat options, like a normal talk, insult, things like that. Um, is that something that uh, you 
plan to have it where you can always resolve an issue without actually like, you know, killing an enemy? Or are there going to be enemies in this game that are, are you have to actually fight? Because that was one thing that I, I wasn't sure from the demo was like, is there a way to puzzle out every single one of these encounters? Or or is it or some of them you just got to brute force? Not not all of them, no. Um, so a little, little behind the scenes thing I can tell you about how the enemies work. Mm-hmm. Um, each enemy has a little profile with information about its personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, it's still very simple. Uh, we have a few options. We have uh, aggression. That's the probably the most important stat, which determines if an enemy will automatically attack you mm. or if it will not attack you at all or only if you attack it first. And, for example, enemies with a very high aggression stat, you can't talk to them because they, they won't listen to you. Mm-hmm. And you also can't end the battle by uh, asking them. You have to kill those enemies. And then there's also some things like whether or not the enemy is a smoker, if you can give them cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And if they have weak lungs... Enemies with weak lungs get more damage when you give them a cigarette, Ah, for example. And in the final game, the enemies will have even more of these stats to make it even more complex and create different kinds of enemies. Mm -hmm. But for now, um, yeah, the aggression stat basically um, kind of determines how the enemy will act in battle. Gotcha. And do you do you anticipate having um, potentially more like chatting options or anything like that, or you think what's in yeah. today in the demo is probably kind of the standard for that? Yeah, I, I think in the in the full game, definitely planning to have at least a little more options mm-hmm. for how to approach the enemies when speaking with them. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing maybe I, I didn't really mention earlier was that with the different um, uh, talking options, there there are some, like you can kind of use talking to to not necessarily just tell an enemy to kind of go away, but there's also um, the insult feature, <laughs> like where yes. you can basically insult somebody and they just start crying and it prevents them from attacking. Uh, I think that kind of stuff is 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 really fun. Um, so, uh, so having more and more expansive, yeah. uh, kind of yeah. set, feature set of options there in terms of how you can get people or get the enemies to kind of react to you, I think is, is, um, cool. Re- correct me if I'm wrong for the attack. There's only one attack, correct? Yes. Is there, is there any thoughts on, on expanding that at all or? Um, yeah, I'm not, not quite sure mm-hmm. about that yet. Um, I want to keep the battle system kind of simple mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but at the same time i also want to add you know more but because I, I have lots of ideas for things mm-hmm. but you know i i try to limit myself kind of it's probably for the best <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i think it's this way with lots of developers mm-hmm. and just adding more and more and more it it's not most of the time it doesn't turn out that well so keeping something more limited in scope mm-hmm. i think is better 
So in terms of the, the structure of the game, so what the demo is like basically right now is that you have a conversation with a um, one fellow I haven't really talked much about. I think his name is Mr. Kowloon, right? Is, is that correct? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I actually, I don't know if I really understand 100% like what his role in the story. Is that supposed to be known at the moment or is it supposed uh, no, to be? It's, it's supposed to be kind of vague yeah. and <laughs> mysterious. So I can't say too much about that at the moment. Gotcha. Um, so you, you talk a little, a little with like Mr. Calhoun at the start and then, um, and then you go into like the, the hallway section where you go through the, 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 or the, the alleyway kind of thing and you do all these encounters, you get through them. Um, and then at the end of that, you basically get a, a sequence where you're on a train with, um, with one of the main characters of the game. Um, is that kind of, you think the flow of the game as a whole, was it be kind of like, you know, visual novel text section, go down the yeah. hallway, visual novel text section, go down the hallway and that would be kind of the 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 cycle of the game. yeah that's that's basically the, mm -hmm. the gameplay is the only thing that wasn't there in the demo is like a level select screen mm -hmm. basically which will be i haven't quite figured out how we want it to look yeah but it'll probably be something like a map of kowloon city mm -hmm. and you have your levels there and side quests that you can choose to play so you'll be able to like go back to previous sections of the city and and do things there basically or go down the hallway and, and do those encounters yeah. again yeah you won't be able to play like story missions again mm -hmm. but you can go back to areas and just basically walk through them okay so it's not completely meet linear. enemies yeah yeah one thing that you did mention at the end of the demo or rather is in the text of the end of the demo is that there are like different um outcomes depending on how you handle encounters i don't know if in the yes. demos i was able to really figure out what those different outcomes ended up being um i was wondering if you could get a bit more detail about what you know speaking of of the ability to kind of like explore around the environment a bit more what 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 kind of flexibility is there in terms of what the player can do and what does that affect oh uh, well and the, there there will be uh like dialogue choices these are very common in visual novels mm -hmm. and those will be the the main way for the player to have influence on the how the game progresses but also how you deal with certain enemies for example if you kill them or if you choose to let them go and do the like killing them versus choosing to let them go does that affect like your ability to interact with them in the future i know you mentioned the calling portion earlier with befriending them um i guess does that does that allow you to kind of potentially recruit them in the future or something along those lines well if you kill an enemy then even when they come back they won't want to befriend you anymore okay gotcha so they do they do come back yes. they're not actually dead yeah <laughs> they just uh they just resent although you, basically uh how exactly um we're gonna have that work with um, enemies dying coming back mm -hmm. not quite sure about um so i'm not sure if you know but i had before this game mm -hmm. i made another game called kowloon's curse which was very different in gameplay but somewhat similar story i guess even if it was it barely had text and was it was a very different game overall. Um, 
but I'm reusing assets from that game and characters. Okay. I I released it for free about two years ago, mm. and so in that game you actually you can walk around Kowloon City freely, and you have to collect twelve keys. Mm. And there's this one room that has NPCs in it, and you can kill them by pressing a button.、Mm. And when you kill all of them, Mister Kowloon will appear in the room, tell you that you have done something unforgivable, and that you have to close the game. And then when you close the game and you start it up again, you're not in Kowloon City anymore, but you're in some sort of afterlife、mm. with all the NPCs that you killed. And you have to walk up to the NPCs and you have to press a button. To apologize to them, and when you apologize to all of the NPCs for killing them, you can go back to Kowloon City and finish the actual game. And we're thinking of trying to implement a system similar to that in this game, but we're not quite sure yet how it would work,、mm -hmm. as you know the gameplay is so different here. Yeah. So when when we're talking about like storytelling with this game a bit,、um, one thing that I, I think you you kind of wear on your shoulder with it, and, and as well as、uh, the, the writer behind the anime series being somewhat involved in the game, is、uh, definitely kind of that lane aesthetic. I'm not sure if it has a name、mm -hmm. outside of <laughs> lane.、Uh, I, I I I mostly know of it just because a lot of artists seem to kind of take that like tech girl kind of style and and like. You know, there's the, there's a particular aesthetic to it. I'm not really sure how to describe、yeah. it.、Um, so so that's kind of the, the the look of this game in some way.、Um, and and a lot of the characters are are kind of visually pretty interesting in general. Like a lot of the enemies and things like that too. Like they they have almost like this blurry aesthetic to a lot of them.、Um, that's just kind of like a. I think this is part of why I asked earlier about like I don't know if they're they're necessarily real or not at times because like how how they are painted visually、um, can can often be a little、um, out of focus almost if if that makes sense. Yeah, and well, I suppose you could say that's kind of the the feeling that I'm going for with the whole game.、Mm -hmm. This kind of weird dreamlike feeling. And is that something that kind of Extends out of Lane in in general, or as some、uh, I mentioned, do this before the podcast. I have not really watched Lane, so I don't really know how much it takes from from that kind of style, from a storytelling,、uh, or if it's just more of an, an aesthetic kind of、uh, connection there. Well, it's it's I think it's mostly just a aesthetic thing, but well, Lane has inspired the the game a lot, also on、mm -hmm. a storytelling level. So I think the impression I always got was that it was about kind of a young girl in a like internet connected world, and and more or less kind of lets that kind of take over her life almost, and it kind of distorts her view of the world. But I, again, I have not really watched it, so that was just kind of my takeaway from when I was like eight <laughs> when I saw it. So I, I I suppose yeah that 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 about explains it.、Mm -hmm. It's not quite. Um, like our internet, or it might be who knows, but and it's kind of the the line between you know this internet 
just called the Wired mm-hmm. in the anime, and the real world kind of blurs. And so when it comes to like a storytelling perspective, I, I know like you you guys kind of use that that imagery of like you know the the multiple computer screens kind of stacked up in a room kind of thing. Um, what kind of general vibe are you going for with the story, and and what what do you think are the details that are most important for people to know on on kind of the direction that the story goes or is planned to go at the very least? <laughs> mm, well, I'm I want to keep things kind of vague and mm-hmm. mysterious, so I don't want to say too much about the actual story itself. Mm-hmm. But, well, yeah, that's kind of the the vibe that I'm going for, that the player doesn't really know what's actually going on and what's happening in the game. Mm -hmm. But the actual, like, in the demo itself, you kind of have Mr. Kowloon, like, asking you to look for a door and things like that, right? Um, Yeah. So I assume that, at least that, that, that suggestion he makes is, is kind of a key part of, of the story and not just like, yeah, sort of crazy well, that's, I guess like the main objective mm-hmm. of the game that pushes the story forward. Yeah. And, and there's kind of a couple different things you kind of just put in that story in terms of like um, some of the characters. There's, there's kind of a, uh, I don't know if you'd say detective kind of guy uh, that you, you kind of present as um, maybe not the main Maybe, maybe one of those like separated main characters kind of situations, like in a game where you're kind of generally a faceless person. There'll be a character that's kind of a prominent one, even though it's not necessarily they're not the ones necessarily pushing the story forward. In some ways, you as the player are supposed to. Um, was that is that accurate for that guy's role, the guy with the gray hair? Not necessarily, but he is he is one of the the most important characters in the game mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, about the player character, um. He kind of he starts out as this kind of blank character, mm-hmm. but develops more into his own character as the game progresses. Gotcha. But I assume he doesn't really have any dialogue or anything like that, right? Uh, at least in the demo, I didn't think there was anything associated yeah. with him. Yeah. Okay, and do you want to get into the end of that demo at all, or is that something you want people to just see for themselves? when when they sit down and play the demo <laughs> kind of a, a little scene happens so <laughs> i i don't i don't have too much to say about the mm-hmm. the ending of the demo other than that it's best to see it for yourself okay well one thing i wanted to kind of talk to you a little bit about was you know in in creating uh Kowloon's curse um what what were the kind of the references you ended up using for this um you know obviously the city itself to some degree um, are you mainly like looking at images of it? Are you are you looking at other games that implemented the, the these kind of things, or or what's been kind of the main resource you're using for for developing that environment? Yeah, it's mostly um, photos taken mm-hmm. in Kowloon Walled City. Those are my main references, mm-hmm. and also. Games like uh, like Shenmue. Mm-hmm. Shenmue Two actually has Kowloon's Wall City in it, right? If I recall correctly, yeah. or something that's very similar. To it. I don't know if they yeah. say it by name. It is a um. How is your feeling on how Shenmue implements it specifically? 
Like, like, do you think well, it's a good implementation of that? Well, the uh, truth is, I haven't played Shenmue 2. Ah. <laughs> I've only played the first game. But I, I have looked at, at pictures to use as uh, as a reference when making this game. Mm-hmm. I think I, I played Shenmue 2. It's, it's probably... I, I I I'm somebody I like some I like Shinmu two and Shinmu three a lot. I'm not a huge fan of Shinmu one, weirdly enough, which is kind of the weird point of friction I think I have with other people where it's like they're really into Shinmu one and I'm like, oh the other I like the other games better. <laughs> um uh but uh for Shinmu two is Kalon City, I think I think kind of the big thing with that one is that it's very um and maybe this is just like a Dreamcast limitation thing. It doesn't to me, it doesn't carry quite, quite the same um, almost claustrophobic aspect out of out of what you'd see out of pictures and things like that um, is, I think, yeah. kind of the big thing. But but I think part of that is just down to Rio's movement and what they can actually do with that. Like like if they if they really narrow you down into like a place with like walls, just that that control system, I think, would not necessarily be able to handle it very mm-hmm. well. <laughs> So, so what in particular do you think in Shenmue Two visually that you think is is kind of jumping out at you in terms of, of the references you're using there? Um, well, it's kind of the the style of the game. Mm-hmm. This these well Dreamcast era graphics mm. that I'm going for, and I I think Shenmue Two and and One also they really have that that style. That I tried to replicate in this game. Have you looked at other kind of Dreamcast games as inspiration? Because I think on your website you do kind of vaguely mention Japanese adventure games specifically. Was it specifically Shenmue you're referencing there, or are there other ones? Uh, yeah, Shenmue mm-hmm. and the the Silver Case is also one. I didn't know that was on Dreamcast. I thought that was a PlayStation. Oh no, that one was. It's an on Dreamcast actually. Oh, it's on gotcha. PS One. Does that game have 3D environments? I can't remember. Yeah. And if if you don't know what the silver case is, it's like a um uh Suda 51, I I think visual I I, I always get worried about saying visual novel cuz uh I know there there are people who listen to me that are very very sticklers for that term, but for all intents and purposes from what the western understanding of visual novel, like a text with faces talking kind of thing, right? I think that's what silver case kind of is structured as right yeah and and was there any, like i don't really know a lot about silver case was there something particular about that game that kind of drew your attention or mm, not really just a general vibe and atmosphere of the game mm-hmm. i guess which is kind of like a, a somewhat dark and is there technological elements to silver case or uh yeah yeah somewhat um have you ever played a uh, kowloon's gate for the playstation was that one of the titles that you were looking at at all or uh, I haven't I haven't been able to play it, mm-hmm. but yes, that that game was a pretty big inspiration for Kowloon's Curse. Yeah, visually it feels very similar. There's almost like this kind of distorted aspect to a lot of the citizens in that game that that plays a, a big role. I think probably if I were to put my finger on aesthetically the game that matches up with it the most, it's probably that. But maybe that's partly yeah. because it is like two D characters you know uh portraits you're using um versus like say shenmue's 3d models um although the game is in 3d and in 3d environment like when you're going down the halls and things like that um yeah 
so that's probably the one that that stands out to me the most. I actually have a copy. I've not played it still, um, but I, I should at, at some point. Those are definitely the like the games that I, I got the most vibe out of it. Admittedly, Shenmue Two is kind of cheating because it literally just has Kowloon. Same thing with Kowloon Cade, yeah. but Silver Case is the one I was not thinking of. So that's interesting to hear about that. Unfortunately, that's one of those games that just kind of fell off my radar, and and I know I probably should look at the Silver Case at some point, but will I ever? isn't the other question on that <laughs> there's actually one thing i do want to kind of talk a little bit about is the um kind of the rollback and talking about the enemies and visual style a little bit uh the enemies in this game i mentioned earlier about some of them kind of looking kind of blurry and out of focus but i do think there's like a distinct different set of styles like for example there's one guy who's like a vomiting man or something and he he aesthetically looks probably closer to what you would see out of to some degree, my, my brain says like ill bleed or something like that, where it's it's it's, a, it's like a 3D render of a character, basically. And and they have this really grotesque, like realistic look to them, but they're not necessarily like it's not like these it's it's like he's like cut up or anything like that. He's just a very rendered early PlayStation style looking guy who's vomiting, yeah. basically. Um, yeah, for some uh, for some characters, um. In the demo, there's two. Mm-hmm. For some characters, I I made them in 3D and rendered them, you know, in that that PlayStation PlayStation One pre-rendered graphics kind of style. Mm-hmm. So I, I I I like that I like that style. So I thought it'd be fun to put a couple enemies that look like that in the game. I I want to um I want the enemies to look quite different from each other mm-hmm. and somewhat out of place also mm-hmm. yeah to also to add to this you know dreamlike or maybe more like a nightmarish feeling in the game mm-hmm. oh cool in terms of of just kind of, i think we kind of at least in terms of the demo itself i think we kind of touched on the majority of aspects of the game are there other things about the game you want people to kind of know a bit more about things either in the pipeline or things in the demo that I may have missed <laughs> as well or at the moment I I want to uh, limit on how much I reveal mm-hmm. about uh, the game and what happens in it so that I can you know kind of surprise players when when the full game comes out I believe your initial date was May 2022. Is, is that correct? Yes. Is that is that seeming likely or? Um. Yeah. Probably. Okay. Cool. And do do you think you know about? Is it something you're going to keep your cards close to your chest until release, or do you think you'll you'll have any kind of updates, any kind of like second demo or anything like that? Well, I'm still working on a final update mm-hmm. for this demo, and I might have another demo closer to the release gotcha that will be like maybe the f- the first chapter of the game or something and it's a pc ios and android is that right yeah okay cool well yeah we'll definitely have links to the the existing demo in, in the description for the podcast so so people can definitely go ahead and check that out um we'll also link to any kind of informational pages that you want to um to have available in that section too there um and your your will also include your donation page as well for that too 
Um, so if you want to do any of those things, donate, read more, or play the demo, uh, those will be in, in the description itself. Um, anything else we want to add before we uh, we uh, wrap it up here? Um, well, first of all, uh, thanks again for having me on here. And to all the people who might try out the demo because of this podcast, all I have to say is just enjoy. <laughs> cool. Um, anyways, well, thank you so much for your time today, Rem. Uh, I appreciate yes. it. Um, and again, I, I think it's a really cool game, and I think that the setting is also really awesome. There's not a ton of games that do the, the Kowloon Walled City setting, which is a big part of why I wanted to kind of look at this game and, and, and chat with you about it. Um, and, and yeah, so glad we could do that. Um, and thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you for having me. No problem. Um, and so, as I mentioned earlier, if you want to find anything about Kowloon's Curse, those links will be in the description. Uh, per usual, if you are, are new to this show, uh, this is just a, a podcast that basically supplements a, a YouTube channel there. I do a lot of videos on, I guess, somewhat obscure Japanese game stuff, but it's also just kind of all over the place in general, depending on what my current interest is. Um, unfortunately, I don't think I have anything that really lines up with this game particularly um, that I can think of off the top of my head but I will include it in the uh, <laughs> follow-up if I can think of anything else. Um, but anyways, that's it. Thank you so much for your time, Rem, and, and thank you everybody for listening, and I hope you all have a great week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>